Welcome back to the Whatcom Dads Podcast. I'm Nathan Dwyer. I'm Mark Bagley. And I'm Chris Roselli. And today we are going to talk about, oh man, our kids turning 16 and getting their driver's license. We're also going to talk about places that we get to take our kids two to three hours away, get them out of the house. And we get to interview David Ingebretson, who's going to talk about being a parent as a person with a disability himself. Well, another month has gone by. Flies by. And this month, I showed up on time, because if you remember, last time, I was in the midst of a parenting crisis. I would say it was more of a father-daughter battle. It was difficult, but (laughs) a month has passed, and I think that some of the things you reassured me with, like, they're not really going to remember it, Mm -hmm. and you haven't ruined her, and you haven't made her need counseling for the rest of her life. Seem to have proven true. Well, you don't know about the counseling for the rest of the life yet. That's true. That's may- something, and then I talk about that all the time. Okay, so far so good, but you just never know. <laughs> yeah, it just might surface somewhere down the road, and you're going to be like, oh, it was that one moment. That's right. With the help of my wonderful wife, I was able to creatively try and fix the problem as best I could. Uh, I've learned from that parenting mistake. It, it did cause my wife and I to have some good conversations. She redirected me to some of the books and resources that she uses and she recommends to me. And so there was one quote that sort of summed up what I was feeling in Laura Markham's book, Peaceful Parent, Happy Kids. It says, the battle, of course, is never actually between a parent and a child. That is just the after manifestation of a battle that is waged inside the parent. Giving our children the best of ourselves requires that we do some inner work, resolving the conflicts, which is never an easy challenge. But what better motivation to engage in that work than our love for our children? I think that that proved true. I think probably I was wrestling with some stuff. Crisis averted. We're back to uh, pretty normal behavior. But as I say this, between saying that today and when this comes out, you never know what can happen. You never know. And proven once again, as we were listening to Nathan say, my wife suggested I read some books. Once again, we're just kind of useless without our wives. Yeah, they they do yeoman's, yo woman's work. <laughs> <laughs> it's a new word here on the Welcome Dads podcast. Yo woman's. The other thing I've been dealing with that we've talked about on episodes is kids are in full sport mode for uh T-ball, soccer, Northwest Fields on a rainy Saturday. So as you've described it, that rite of passage, I am right in the thick of it. (laughs) So much in the thick of it this past week. There was two games in one day for the same soccer game. And were they like back-to-back? Absolutely not. (laughs) Never. Of course not. 8.30 and 1.30. (laughs) Uh, We drew straws at home, and uh, I got the later one, which was the drier one. Nathan, you, oh, you know what you should consider? You know, we, we've done a little bit of traveling in our day, and we've visited different cities and gone to different sporting events. How about a tailgate out of Northwest Fields where you buy the pop-up tent, get that TV plugged in, you spend six or seven hours there, have your people come <laughs> your, by and Your generator. By. Yeah, you can roast hot dogs and have hot cocoa. That's a good idea. What do you think? It seems like a lot of work, but if you're willing to do it, I'll show up. <laughs> <laughs> We could also podcast from the Northwest Field. We could. That would be fun. Bring back a lot of memories. 
Oh my gosh. What I was thinking about the most as I watched the game this week was, you know, I think we know it because we played sports growing up, but as I was watching an eight-year-old play soccer, I thought, like, what am I looking for out here? Like, and I started to see glimpses of her learning sort of life's lessons in the midst of a five-on-five soccer game, you know. I think there was a point where she was kind of getting pushed around and kind of muscled out. And then she like fought back and she stood up for herself. And so I was proud of that. You know, I think at the tail end of the second game, everybody was kind of wiped out and she was still putting in max effort and, you know, trying her hardest. And so I was thinking, gosh, I hope these are a window into sort of what her attributes are going to be and what a safe sort of low stakes place to learn these life lessons. Another one's adversity, you know, the team might sure. be do- not be doing well, or the mm-hmm. coach might not put you in, or you might not get to play the position you like. So I was happy to see sort of those things coming and going. And um, yeah, so I think we would all agree sports was a, a formative thing for all of us. Yeah, absolutely. And it's it's changing, right? Like, so when I played soccer, you had oranges at halftime. Right. That's it. Now, I don't know if your team's like, do you have like, snack bags like people are bringing like full-on like paper bags of full of stuff full of stuff yes that is a thing uh we got ours out of the way early week one uh which is good because then if you're like week eight you know what everybody else has put in throughout the season and you're trying to keep up but we just went straight at it week one and got it out of the way well when Allie was i don't know 10 11 12 you know she's a kind of an entrepreneur Mm -hmm. she had the idea of creating a company called Allie's Bags. I remember this. And creating bags, taking orders the week before, and then delivering the bags to the field, to that parent of that week, already pre-done. So chips and Brilliant. a Capri Sun and I think cookies, and have different levels of you know what people could order and buy, and then she'd put it all together. Brilliant. I think it lasted one week. But it was a brilliant idea. That is it. We should and bring it that in- out again. It incorporated her father's favorite store. What's that? Costco. We gotta go to Costco. Oh, absolutely. Did a lot of shopping at Costco <laughs> on Saturdays. Yes. So, did she actually get customers? I think she did it one week and just for like someone she knew and then our team or something like that. Okay. Parents, if you have an enterprising youngster in your house, you might be able to buy the rights to Allie's bags. Yes, we do have it <laughs> trademarked or copyrighted or something, I believe. I'm yes. sure it will sell fairly cheap. Uh, well, you never know. Your life can change in an instant. Car accidents impact all aspects of your life and lead to pain and suffering, medical bills, and time missed from work. Robinson and Cole, attorneys in Bellingham, can help. They have represented thousands of clients since 1979. They also handle other types of injury claims, including workers' compensation. Consultations are always free and are available in Spanish. Robinson and Cole, when you need us, we will be here. Welcome back to the Whatcom Dads podcast. Nathan and Mark, we have a great guest here today. We have David Ingebretson, who is the Digital Technologies Accessibility Coordinator at Western Washington University, uh, and also a father to a 15-year-old. David, welcome to the show. Thank you very much. So uh, tell us a little bit about yourself, uh, you know, what you do, about your family. At work. I 
try to ensure that all digital technologies at Western are accessible to all people, no matter their ability. And I do a lot of volunteering around the community with Bellingham School District and Whatcom County Auditor's Office and libraries. So a big-time advocate for anybody who has any kind of disability, whether it be colorblindness or dyslexia or ADHD, mobility issues, whatever. I'm, I'm blind. I'm a blind parent. He's, he's actually just turned 15 and a half. So that means... Time to drive! Mm-hmm. <laughs> and he just got his permit. It's been interesting to be a blind parent. I was a stay-at-home dad from when he was about three months old until he was about 11 years old. So I, I spent a lot of time with him, and, and we have a really strong bond. And he's also kind of an empath like me, you know, for, for anybody who has a disability or just is different. It was really interesting when, when I was the stay-at-home parent and my ex-wife now who lives about six blocks away from me and we have a really strong co-parenting relationship when when she was gone and my son was bouncing around the house and making lots of noise luckily he was a big time noisemaker <laughs> um he if it got quiet, I knew something was wrong. <laughs> so, Sounds like my house, actually. Yeah, Even yeah. today. Every house, right? Yeah, when the kids are quiet, you know there's a big problem. Yeah, too yeah. quiet. Yeah. <laughs> so maybe it's not a maybe it's not that different for a disabled parent like me from you know, somebody with normal, quote, normal vision or normal abilities. Yeah, but when you're relying on that sensory, especially, mm -hmm. I'm sure that's got to be a lot more helpful when you're paying attention to how noisy things are versus when they're not as normally noisy. Yeah, and, and that's one of the things that I've, I think, been blessed with a little bit. Mm -hmm. I, I learned to listen and not only to noises around me, but, but to what people were saying, you know, sure. so I, I like now as, as my son's getting older, I listen to what he's saying and the, and the tone of voice that he's yeah. using and, and try and kind of extrapolate that into how to be the best dad I can be for him. And David, that's a really interesting perspective because I think that um, something I was guilty of as a parent is maybe not always listening to really understand as a dad. And so that's, that's really interesting to hear you say that because you might and probably are getting a much different perspective on your son 
than probably I ever did with my kids because you're you're so intent in doing that. Yeah, and I I rely on it too as my like warning signs of where <laughs> I where I need to interject my parenting. At least what I've noticed is that having a parent or sibling with a disability a lot of times provides perspective for kids being raised in that environment that mm-hmm. their peers may not see or have. Do you, do you find that with your son? Do you think he's got a little bit of a different understanding or perspective than, than his peers? Yeah, for sure. And also his friends that he brings over were brought over before COVID times. Yeah. Um, they, they got that same kind of perspective. David, you know, my kids are fairly young now. And so we're trying to educate them and help them become good citizens of the world. Is there anything in particular you would recommend to someone in my shoes to, when talking to your kids about folks with disabilities to make them understand at an early age? It's a really good question. And I think it's important that the school environment that they're in integrate people with disabilities into a classroom so they they're exposed the the kids themselves if they are never exposed to somebody that's different than them then they'll never learn how to understand people that are different than them could you maybe tell us if you know how you got creative with some of the parenting tasks um that you had with your son as he was growing up? I have very, very fond memories of when he was a baby. Um, And like I told you before, just listening intently. Mm -hmm. And I, I spent a lot of time preparing. So like if he got hungry, I knew the food would be right there. (laughs) So I was, you know, I was just ready for that hangry reaction. <laughs> yes, <laughs> but know it well. Dead. Yes. <laughs> Back to listening. I mean, it would. That was the the only way I learned because I, you know, as a blind person, it's difficult to pick up on visual cues so so i really had to to dive deep into the into hearing things and not being judgmental in the moment about the things i'd hear unless there were safety issues oh sure and and the safety issues were really have always been really important to me so i i kept my son right next to me all the time that I could, especially when he was a youngster. If we've got listeners listening in, they're raising kids with a disability. Technology is obviously a, a huge part of our lives anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, could you help explain a little bit, maybe some of the resources available? You know, what what's a parent to do? Where do they even start as they're trying to figure out the the accessibility from a digital standpoint for their kids. Sure. Yeah. There are resources 
And in general, public school systems have what they call Section 504 or an IEP, which stands for Individualized Education Plan for Students with Disabilities. What I would suggest is make sure to communicate with your school district. David, if would you be willing to send me a link to some of those resources? I could put them in our show notes for the listeners, uh, just maybe top two or three that you think might be advantageous for someone to have available. Sure. Yeah. Well, that, that would be great. Well, we really appreciate your time today, David. Best of luck with the 15 and a half year old and the driving lessons, which are, <laughs> which are soon to come. Well, well, luckily I, since I don't have a driver's license, I don't have to drive with him. <laughs> you, you just get to, you just get to hear about it and listen for a bang outside. If, you, if uh-huh. he hits something. Yep. Awesome. Well, thanks so much, yeah. David. Yeah. Really appreciate it. Thank you all. Thanks, David. Thanks, thanks David. So Chris, your oldest daughter turned 16 since we last spoke. Yep. Boy. And that led to her getting her driver's license. Let's talk about that. I thought that would be an apropos topic for tonight. Yeah. Remind me, how old were you, Mark, when you got your license? Do you remember? It was eight months after my 16th birthday. Okay. So you weren't in this huge rush. And I was 17. I really had no, I mean, no interest. No, neither. And so Lexi, since she's been... 15 and a half when she started driver's ed she wanted on her 16th birthday was ready to get her license and uh licensing with covid and everything else she wasn't able to do it on exactly her birthday but she got her license like a week after she um took her driver's test i drove her there to take her driver's test which um you don't do it at the dmv anymore Hmm. uh you you actually go to they they contract out a private driving school, so Nelson Driving School here mm-hmm. in town. And I'm sitting outside. Off she goes, and she comes back in, and I'm watching the instructor just lecturing her, and I'm thinking, oh, this is not good. And the instructor comes on out, and she walks on in, and she sees the lady in the front desk. She says, "We've got ourselves a squeaker." <laughs> <laughs> I said squeaker, and she goes eighty percent, barely made it. Wow! So I was very similar. I think I was eighty-one percent, <laughs> uh, and I made one fatal error. I remember about some kind of tricky four-way stop or something. But you know what? Still counted. It counted. I had a buddy take the test like two weeks before me, and he failed, and told me all the things to look for. Oh, so I that's paid nice. Really close attention, and yeah. I passed the first time. Nice. Yeah, it was very helpful. Yeah, Lexi, she there were a couple parts where Lexi was was confused as to what the instructor wanted her to do. Mm-hmm. And then of course she failed her parallel parking mm. exam. Yeah. That that was docked points right there. Like at her age, these cars like park themselves, don't they? Well, and that was an interesting thing because the car she drove was our SUV which has a backup camera. It's got a really great camera actually and uh before they the instructor gets in, I had to turn off that camera. So all, oh, right. oh, no technology allowed at all. Oh, it didn't drive. even occur to me. Yeah. 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 Wow. Yeah. So very interesting. And so, yeah, she, she failed all of that. And then of course, right when I got back in, we turned the camera on and of course she Game drove on. home. So 
Did you pass your first time? I did not. I but I so they had um, poles set up for the parallel parking. Yes. And um, you and I probably took the test at the same place. Probably right there off Mill Plane. Yeah. Yeah. I thought you were just supposed to not hit the poles. So I actually wedged the car beautifully in between the poles, and the instructor says stop. And she gets out and she said, yeah, you have to imagine there's a bumper there between the poles. You've hit the bumper. And meanwhile, I'm thinking I am yeah. just being this perfect finesse driver. So I was upset about that. And the real reason why I didn't pass is I actually didn't yield on a left turn and nearly got us T-boned on the road. <laughs> <laughs> to the DMV. The poor lady. I mean, her feet were up on the dash. Stop! Yeah. And I didn't know that I was supposed to yield on a solid green turning left. So. Can you imagine that as your job? Oh, it's it's other than an air traffic controller, which I, I what I've heard is the most stressful, stressful job, job. This has got to be number two. I mean, putting your life in the hands of a sixteen-year-old who's nervous as all get up. Oh my gosh. Behind the wheel of a car, and you're just trusting that mom and dad or whoever has done a good job in training them to get to this point. I can't imagine what the blood pressure of all of those people oh who do that God. job. Yeah. Talk about uh, what did you call it? Yo. Yeoman's work. Yeoman's work. Yo woman's work. work. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So what I wanted to hear from you guys, since I've not gone through this, and I have eight more years, roughly, until I will go through this. First, I wanted to know, like, how was it teaching them to drive? Because I can imagine that it can be one of those situations with your kid that really tests your relationship, and there's a lot of opportunity for it to go south. I did a lot with Allie, and I clearly remember there was a... Went dark winter's night. It was raining. And I said, all right, we're heading out to drive. And she didn't want to do it. And I said, we're going on the freeway. And you're going to learn how to drive in the rain, in the dark, on the freeway. Nice job. And we got on I-5 South and drove down to the Skagit Casino and back. Wow. And she was terrified. But she did it. Good. And she did good. And we got home and she was grateful. I don't recall spending a lot of time in the car with Ben. And that probably was by design, because you know he and I were had butted butted heads when he was in high school, and that just would not have gone well. And Annette was way better with him than I was. So I'm sure he and I drove together, but I think all the instruction from the parent for him came from Annette, which huh. was really smart. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, Amy and I had it all planned out. Amy just said, "This is your job. I'll be a stress case. It'll." show and it'll make Lexi stress out and we're going to butt heads and it's going to be bad. So I'm calm. Take a right here, go left. And I'm just giving her some basic instructions and she's, by the way, learning on a stick shift. Mm, So she's getting frustrated and understandable. And I'm telling her it's okay. Like this is fine. There's nobody behind us. Restart the car. You're fine. Well, apparently my calm approach was just too, it didn't work for her. A little too laissez-faire. Apparently so. And part of it also was she was doing really well on flat ground. And I said, okay, well, and she was getting kind of cocky. Like, I've got this. So we went up into the hills. And understandably, I mean, she just, along with our clutch, got destroyed. I mean, it was was, (laughs) the cost of doing business. (laughs) Um, And so came home and she really didn't want to do it with me anymore. And Hmm. so Amy, she asked Amy to go with her and Amy came home and said, I can't believe it. I was way more calm than I thought. And Lexi had this huge smile on her face. It worked. So I was I was fine with that. When Ben and I drove to Amarillo just, you know, three, four months ago, 
there was a couple times I said something to him while we were driving and he got so angry with me. It's like, Dad, I'm not 16. Sorry. Well, and what's funny is going – the other side of it is because Lexi's been going through all of these classes – I'm getting coached by my daughter about my lazy driving, right? Oh. Over the years, right? I'll roll a stop sign near yeah. my house. Dad, you didn't even stop. Dad, turn signal. Actually, today on the way to school, Dad, turn signal. Really? I hadn't even gotten close enough to turn the darn <laughs> signal on. Of course, I'm going to turn it on, but it's it's pretty darn funny. So what I'm hearing is patience oh is my gosh. very oh, important. And communication with your partner as to who's going to be best suited to... Mm-hmm handle this particular child, whether it's personality type or your ability to handle stressful relationships with that kid. And you also got to make sure your kid is ready. Just because they're 15 and a half, yeah. not every kid's ready to drive at 15 and a no. half. Some, and are, knuckle, some are knuckleheads. Right? You know? Yeah, it's, it's a privilege. So yeah. how do you know they're responsible enough? You just, I mean, you know your kids, I think. I mean, we felt good about our kids. Yeah. Lexi. I'm sure you felt good about your kids. Yeah. I mean, you got good kids, so they're not going to be a problem, but... You just have to pay attention to that kind of yeah. stuff. If they're easily distracted, that's kind of a warning sign. If mm-hmm. I don't know, I mean, I think so. Like you know, we haven't talked about kids getting phones too, but I've thought about like, okay, well, when are they going to be able to, you know, do all the things to take care of a several hundred dollar device? And so yeah. I wonder if those sorts of things start to tell you as a parent if they're responsible enough, if they're thinking these things through. Yeah, certainly, you have to teach your kids that like. This, this is, is serious. serious. Yeah. The, I mean, the number of accidents with teenage drivers is... You know, and I still worry about that. I mean, oh, ben, yeah. ben drove to Arkansas this weekend from Amarillo to go watch baseball. And he was driving home last night, and there were terrible thunderstorms in the Midwest. And I was tracking him the whole way. He's 22 years old. Yeah. I mean, living on his own. And you still worry. I still worry all the time about this. Yeah. I asked Amy about that, too, as Lexi took off tonight, actually, to take Alyssa to Joanne's to go get some stuff. And I asked her, I said, you know, are you worrying? And she said, you know, I just, I can't get my, let my mind go there. Otherwise, it's Mm. just going to be, it's going to be too much to handle. And so, and I'm kind of in that same boat. You know, we just, we, we, we trust her. We know that, you know, we're, we're doing the best we can to help her be a successful and safe of a driver as possible but yeah you, you can't let it consume you yeah, and paralyze yeah. you but you still gotta it's a worry pay attention yeah yeah so you use the tracking apps do you still use it on both kids oh yeah have you chris instituted those things so you yeah. know where they're at yep and actually it's funny lexi got uh got turned down a wrong road off of lakeway down somebody's driveway she calls me in tears because She's on this driveway. It's a super steep driveway, and it's rush hour on Lakeway. And she's got to go up the driveway, stop on the uphill incline, and go out on the Lakeway during rush hour. Oh, and she doesn't man. know how to go down this driveway. She's afraid to go down into the parking area of this person's house. Uh-huh. And I pulled up the app, 360 app, and I'm like, oh, I see where you're at. Okay, yeah, no, just go to the bottom, turn around. Mm-hmm. And then I actually walked her through the, the parking brake trick mm-hmm. and – Holy cow! On the first try, like I'm now, I'm sure there's still smoke billowing in the air of what's left of right. my clutch, you yeah. know, and the skid marks on the driveway. <laughs> yeah, but so but you you guys have found that app. Would you recommend that to other parents? 
I think it's great, and the kids have never minded. Um, it came in super handy once. Allie left her phone in an Uber, and I was oh. able to make the phone make a sound, and the Uber driver found it, and I called him, and he called me, and we got the phone back to Allie. So from that day on, when she was in college, she said, you can always track my phone. That's great. And, you know, it's just something, and they, they, they know where I am. They could find me right here, mm-hmm. right now. So it's just kind of a back and forth. Oh, man. I'm glad those days are behind me. Just I'm glad... You know, in, in eight years, Nathan, I mean, self-driving, self-driving, self-driving cars, cars right, they yeah. may not ever have a license. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> well, to wrap up this uh, segment, and we'll put a few links in the show notes to a couple of articles I found, I wanted to give you guys a little quiz about my driving experience when I got my license. Okay. Are you ready? Ready. Was my first car a 1990 Honda Accord, a 1994 Toyota RAV4, a 1992 Ford Bronco, or a 1988 Volkswagen Jetta? I'm saying you're a Jetta guy. That's what it was going to be my guess, but I'll say the Accord. It was the 1988 Volkswagen (laughs) Jetta. (laughs) I think I had a 19... Wow, I had a Jetta as well. It's the first car I First new car I bought. Wow. I wonder what year it was. That's so funny. So, it might have been an 88. When I was in high school, no guys had Jettas, but all the cute girls drove Jettas. All the cute girls If had there was Jettas. a Jetta, the odds were very good. Always. That's so funny. <laughs> mine yes. was an 88. So you, oh, yours was an 88? Yeah. Oh, mine was an 88. Yeah. Next wow. question. Was mine black, red, blue, or white? Mine was white. I'm saying yours is white. It was blue. Ooh. Nice. <laughs> So a little trivia on my Jetta. My Jetta was the car on Wheel of Fortune on the set that when you if you win the car, yeah. that was the show car that the person, quote unquote, won. They would then go to the dealership and pick out whatever they want. But when that car that I bought was actually on TV as the show car for Wheel of Fortune. And then, so how did you buy it? It went back to the dealership and I ended up buying it. No way. Yeah. Did they promote it like, hey, buy the Wheel of Fortune car? They, when I got there, the guy said, oh, as a matter of fact, here's the, back, the backstory on this car. No. Or Price is Right, one of the two. Yeah. How fun is that? Sorry. He, he doesn't know that that salesman told everybody that. <laughs> that's the last, like... Vanna White got the in last, car That's the last thing day. they tell you when you're like waffling. That's how they get you. <laughs> yep. Chris, what was the first car you drove? First car I drove, my aunt and uncle sold my parents their 1983 Subaru GL wagon. Uh, Stick shift. That became your car? That was the car that I drove to and from school. Um, uh, Yep, they bought it for 500 bucks, uh, and that thing was awesome. I loved it. It was gold. Nice. (laughs) It was... It was a tired vehicle, that's for sure. I bought a 1973 Fiat 124 Sport Coupe, cherry red. Whoa. <laughs> it was an awesome little car. Five-speed. It was amazing. Wow. It was an amazing car. If I could find that thing again, You'd buy it I'd again. buy it again. No kidding. So much fun to drive. It was my first ticket a speeding ticket, a no taillight ticket, running a stop sign, or for me rear-ending another car? He rear-ended another car. Taillight. Taillight. Ah! I, w- I knew it wasn't speeding because you're a very cautious driver. Yes. I've gotten a couple speeding tickets, but the no taillight, this was what happened. Police officer says, do you know that you have a taillight out? And like 17-year-old Nathan goes, of course I know. I just haven't replaced it yet. <laughs> like, I think if I would have... been two and a half years. Yeah. I think if I had said no, 
but anyway. We got a fix-it ticket. And then I didn't have my insurance card, so Ooh. then it turned into a no taillight plus no insurance card. But it taught me a life lesson because I did have to go down to like the district courthouse and bring my insurance card. And my parents had me do it by myself. And so the no insurance thing got dropped, but I still yeah. had to pay the the taillight ticket. Oh. So it was a good, like, not not that I'm glad it happened, but it was one of those things that, like, okay, deal with the consequence, 17-year-old. Right. Yep. What was your first ticket? Have you ever gotten a ticket? No tickets. Wow. Unbelievable. All that driving from Ferndale to Bellingham and everywhere in between. You've jinxed it now. If I get wow. a ticket driving home tonight. Chris. Just drive extra slow. I'm going to take the side roads. Just take an Uber. <laughs> All I right. Ran, I ran a red light. That seems about right for you. And as I was going through it, I looked to the right and there was a <laughs> cop waiting. And I was like, I, just, I mean, I pulled over before I even turned the lights on. <laughs> I've run out of gas one time. Was it A, on my way to homecoming with my date? Ooh. B, coming home from Portland after curfew, C, while skipping school, or D, the first day I got my license. Those are all good ones. Those are very good ones. Yeah. I'm going to say skipping school. He's not a guy who would come home after curfew. I'm going to say with the date. So nervous. I ran out of gas the day I got my license. (laughs) Can you believe that? That's great. I've never run out since. A certain rite of passage for you, Mr. Roselli. Yeah. And uh, we'll look forward to updates as to how the young driver is progressing. Well, this week on Whatcom Dads Recommend, we're going through a little hypothetical thought experiment. What if, on a Saturday morning, your spouse, partner, says to you, I just need some time, and I need you to get these kids out of the house. (laughs) So this week, we are going to give you some ideas for maybe a two- or three-hour just place to go take the kids, get them out of the house, and give your partner a break. So, Chris, what do you got? Well, for our girls, we love going to the beach. Somewhere to the shoreline, Lissa loves to play with crabs, so we would go to Clayton Beach. Great spot to go, park, go hike down there, and then you just explore the rocks, sit on the sand, relax. Kids can just all but disappear, and you're kind of in this protected little cove anyway, so it's really a great spot to just sort of lay back, close your eyes, and absorb some sunshine while the kids just do whatever. Mr. Bagley. Well, as you know, every Saturday morning I take the kids shopping. Yes. <laughs> so that worked out very, very well. You that. had that built in. We did have it built in, but I think it, I think we did it a couple times. Um, took the kids up to Western on a Saturday morning. Yeah. No one around. There's a lot of flat area for kids to ride bikes. You can climb on the sculptures. You can throw a frisbee on the grass. It's a great place to take your dog. I mean, go yeah. up the arboretum. You could get, kind of get lost there and spend many hours if you needed to. That's right. On campus. Are you implying that on a Saturday morning, college students are sleeping in because they had a rough <laughs> night the night before? I'm not saying they may have had a rough night, but I think they're just so exhausted from the studying the oh, week before right. they were up that they're probably studying. just... Uh, or maybe they're at Costco themselves. Or maybe they're at Costco you know, themselves. Yes. Yeah. No. I thought about uh, taking the kids skating. I think you could either go ice skating at the Sportsplex oh, yeah. or the Linden Skateway, Heck which, yeah. Oh, yeah. gosh, I haven't been rollerblading in long time or roller skating (laughs) 
Um, Maybe we should do a podcast from uh, Glendon Skateway. Yeah, there you go. Wow, can't wait for couple skate. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I thought it's it's active. It it gets them out of the house, and uh, there's sort of something fun about teaching a youngster, like holding their hand while they're learning to stay on their skates. Good idea. Another one for me is Peace Arch State Park. Love taking the kids up there. The arch is cool. And actually, not just where the arch is, but actually the grounds all around are really beautiful. They've got a nice place to just take your kids, walk, bring a Frisbee, throw a disc around. It's a nice spot to go. Uh, and, you know, downtown Bellingham, especially in the summer, you could hit the farmer's market and then walk the, the boardwalk from Boulevard Park down to Fairhaven. Heck yeah. I mean, there's a lot of a lot of places to go and things to do. Super easy to do. Yeah, yeah. I was thinking about the place that your wife works, Mark. The library? The library. Mm-hmm. There's like eight libraries in the county, if you count up all the small ones. There's a and lot of libraries. The county. Yeah. Yeah. So you could do a little library tour. Uh, there are story times, but I think most of those might be during the week. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's also story times at Village Books on Saturday mornings from mm-hmm. time to time. So another quick spot to get the, get the kids out. And it is fun to watch your kid with their library card go up and... Get a book. Get a get a stack of books. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty cool. All right. Well, maybe there's some ideas for you guys to get out there with your kids. Go ahead and give your spouse or partner a break this upcoming Saturday. Thanks again to our guest David Ingebretson, and as always, thanks to our sponsor Robinson and Cole Attorneys. If you have comments, questions, or suggestions for folks we could interview or discussion topics, send them to us at whatcomedadspodcast at gmail.com. And make sure you like or subscribe to the podcast in your podcast app of choice. We've fallen into a good routine recording these about once a month, so we'll see you in a month. Guys, did you know what you call two monkeys who share an Amazon account? No. They're prime mates. (laughs) (laughs) That's a pretty good one. Just like that one. Uh, What did Jay-Z call his wife before he married her? (laughs) I have no idea. Fiance. Oh... Did you hear about the cheese that's been working out? No. (laughs) The dude's shredded.